you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Just incredible. You know the play, you know the voice. It's a moment and a man who will live on in NFL history forever. We here at NFL Network would like to share our condolences to the Los Angeles community. Legendary broadcaster Vince Scully passed away Tuesday at the age of 94. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live here in New York City. It is Wednesday, August 3rd. My name is Jamie Erdahl alongside Kyle Brandt. Peter Schrager is back and Jason McCourty. Uh, we all know Vince Scully just from being sports fans and listening and hearing his voice and all the impactful moments that he has had in sport, football, baseball. I mean, he's legendary. But Kyle, you lived in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. so you had this man in your life mm -hmm. from, a, from a standpoint beyond just a voice on the screen. What will you remember most from I mean, a lot. There, there, there's so many amazing moments we showed the cat. He had the call when Hank Aaron passed Babe Ruth. He worked with a very young John Madden. But I, I, my heart really goes out to everybody waking up with us this morning in Los Angeles. This is their, their father, their grandfather. We have talked about this before, about how special it is, the voice of the person you grew up listening talk about sports. Mm -hmm. And Vince Scully, every single spring on opening day, when he would say those five words, it's time for Dodger baseball. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. He runs that place. He ran that place. He's beloved 67 years mm calling Los Angeles Dodgers baseball, started as Brooklyn Dodgers baseball. It just as beloved, if not more beloved than any athlete in Los Angeles, Vin Scully, a massive presence in that community and one of the all-time voices and all-time people in what we do. It's a, it's a big loss, an incredible life. He made every game he did sound beautiful, literally from the time that he started until the last game that he did with the Dodgers. It was amazing. All right, that was necessary, but it's time for the lead block. It is time <laughs> for the lead block. Let's do it. All right, training camp is so much about these young players in their early 20s doing all they can just to make an NFL roster. Meanwhile, down at Buccaneers camp, Tom Brady is turning the ripe age of 45 today. Happy birthday, Tom Brady. And he still managed to lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns last season. And yesterday, his new head coach, Todd Bowles, who has some history with Brady, swung by the inside training camp set. And he talked about his quarterback. Todd, when you were with the Jets, you obviously faced Tom Brady a bunch. Did you ever think that you would one day be his head coach? I would have never thought in a million years. First of all, I never thought he'd leave New England, you know, and then situations change in this league. Yeah. I've been in it long enough to know that nothing's impossible, so you expect everything when it comes to being in this league, and you keep your head down and you work. Isn't it true, though, you were having nightmares of Tom Brady, so that's why you didn't really think it was possible to ever be on the same team? I've had plenty of nightmares of Tom Brady, believe <laughs> me, but waking up and know that it's no, it's no more is a dream for me. Yeah. 
from nightmares to daydreams about Tom Brady. It's all positive vibes for Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers down at training camp. So what is really stopping Brady from winning a Super Bowl at the age of 45? It is mind-blowing to say that. There's nothing stopping Nothing. Him. No, they are going back. Tom, already. <laughs> Tom, August. I'm it. saying it. Twist this. Put it on social media. They are going back. There's some questions on the offensive line. Ryan Jensen got hurt. We know they're dealing yeah. with that injury. But they're going back. Let's look at this playoff game last year, divisional round. They lose to the L.A. Rams, the team who wins the Super Bowl. But they're down in this game. It's getting pretty bad. My son was ready to turn the game off, was sure. almost in tears. And then the Tom Brady effect took place. This guy went into the zone, willing his team back into this game, just making play after play down the stretch. The Tom Brady that we got to love. They came close, obviously, divisional round, but this was a game that I think would have just continued to stampede them into the conference championship and would have eventually got them to the Super Bowl. Being able to come back in a game like this the way they did, if they could have closed this game out, that's what they're missing execution down the stretch, and that's something that will be built on this year. It's, it's one thing to make a proclamation about a team in August. It's another thing to tell them to clip it off yeah, and save it. it. I, I mean, it's like, like when it comes back to haunt you, you're like, shoot, I forgot I had said that, but now you just heard it. Just bookmark it now. I know, and I love that, that you're so emphatic about it, and I think a lot of Buccaneers fans are feeling the same way, but not to be Debbie Downer, Ryan Jensen's a big deal. I think he's the yeah. best center in football. Yeah. So you lose the best player at his position, and you lose him early, but he's also the energy guy, the spirit, and and Kyle, we love these types. He's the bad guy out there. Oh, he loves wearing that black hat. He will push you. He'll hit you after the whistle. And Kurt Warner made a great point. I was watching the Back to Football Saturday stuff, and he says, here's what's different. Brady, you know how Brady always sits in that pocket and then will kind of run up and take two, two crow hops into the pocket? Jensen's an aggressive center. Well, he'll push you five yards back. It's not just this running, by, uh, uh -huh. running blocking center. He's like a pass protection center. And you lose him, and then who are you replacing him with? Replacing him with a second round pick, a guy that we don't know much that about, Ryan Haney, who comes in and it's like, here we go, Robert Hainsey. This is Tom Brady's biggest moment of his career where it's 45 years old, he's coming out of retirement to do it one last time. Is this guy ready for that responsibility? This guy's the key to the NFC right here. This guy yeah. might Robert be the biggest, the biggest X go. factor in the entire conference. Come on, you know Robert. It's like, yeah, there's a new coach, and yeah, there's a lot of different change with the roster, but loss of Ryan Jensen's a big deal. Yep. And I think especially with a Bucks team that has a lot of finesse around the edges and is a lot of nice playmakers, like to have that bad guy in the middle, I don't know. And, and Jamie, it's not just obviously Ryan it's Jensen. It's not. I was going to say, when, when he was in New England, the, the teams that we really harped on in New England mm -hmm. were the years that the offensive line was poor. I mean, that's, and we saw all these terrible clips of Tom Brady just like attempting to get out of situations. Like he likes to jump, like hop in the pocket, take his two steps and go. When it was bad in New England, it was ugly because he had to move. And that's just not what he needs to be doing at the age of 45. No. So when you consider the offensive line, it's in how much time, there's not enough time essentially for Tom Brady to get these guys up to speed now. Speaking of that young center that he is going to have to get acclimated to the way that Tom Brady likes to play the game. That's an awesome point by Kurt Warner. But hello, he's also trying to get Julio Jones acclimated. He's got, an, he's got enough on his plate. Training camp is only so long. But the thing about Tom Brady is though, the season is always perfectly long enough for him to get acclimated, get everybody up to speed. Whether or not it's going to be pretty on day one remains to be seen. 
but I never want to doubt against that guy in February. Well, I, I really don't. I don't think that they could win the Super Bowl this year because they got an old-ass quarterback. He's oh. 45 oh. years old. Old head. Do it. Brady at this point is like kind of reducing in size. He's starting to look like one of these like Christian Bale roles where he loses 50 pounds. I'm actually getting worried about Brady. That's the quarterback, 45, and we're just gonna be like, he'll be fine. It's just a matter of execution. Here's the oldest guys to ever do it. Brady, Brady, Peyton Manning, sort of, Tom Brady, and then John Elway. Let me point something out. John Elway at the bottom, that's the one against the Falcons. He seems so old on the field. Like, you're like, don't hit John. Please, is the Hall of Fame. Don't hurt him. That John we saw that day is seven years younger than Brady at the time is now. So, I mean, I understand that the whole thing about we make fun of Brady and how great he is and what he eats and all that. But he's 45. And I, I'm not thinking he's going to fall off a cliff or he's going to start sucking or anything. But, like, just a little bit might be all the difference it makes. And, by the way, the Ryan Jensen thing taps into the decades-old How to Beat Brady 101, yeah. the Justin yes. Tuck, New York Giants, rush him up the middle and the X's and O's. How? It's not just him. It's Ali Marpet also. Of course it is. Yeah. It's like this. Yes. Would you not – Tom Brady, I think, would rather lose Mike Evans than Ryan Jensen. Yes. I think it is way more powerful and painful for him to lose the center than lose the wide receiver. And he's 45 years old. I'm not being ageist. Is that the word by saying that? He's older than I am. He's born in the mid-70s, and he's the quarterback. But did you it's, see that picture? He looks amazing. I know. There's something strange going on. Uh, it, looks, it looks awesome. That yeah, picture next to George really Randall. Like, Do you guys see the cake that Leonard Fournette got him? No. It's, like, it's a goat, and it like, legitimately looks like a goat. Whoever <laughs> did that cake at the bakery in Tampa Bay, props to you. Like, go on I want Twitter Fournette's hands off out. that cake, personally. <laughs> I don't care about Brady. Does Fournette need any, near any cake? TBD on who's going to eat that cake. All right, we're going to check in with our own Will Selva, who's out on the West Coast. Will, I know we got some big news yesterday involving the Dolphins. So can you give us all the details on not only the findings there, but the discipline that was handed down by the league? Good morning, everyone. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross suspended six games, fined $1.5 million. The team will forfeit next year's first-round pick and a 2024 third round pick after an investigation found Miami broke NFL tampering rules by talking with Tom Brady and former Saints head coach Sean Payton while both were under contract with other teams. Now NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport is reporting Tuesday that Brady and Payton would not face league discipline. Ross saying in a statement he strongly disagrees with the conclusion and punishment but will accept the outcome. The investigation also found that while Ross told team officials during the 2019 season that Miami's draft position was more important than their win-loss record, he did not order former head coach Brian Flores to lose games on purpose. Now, Flores, who currently is a defensive assistant for the Steelers, released a statement saying, in part, quote, I am thankful that the NFL's investigator found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true. At the same time, I am disappointed to learn that the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressure to tank games. So both sides expressing disappointment at the outcome, Jamie. But either way, we do now have clarity in Miami. It is clarity, Will. Thank you so much. But what, who it doesn't provide clarity for at this point, Peter, is uh, the future players and how this decision affects them. Um, and their quarterback in particular. Yeah, so usually we have 32 first-round picks. We're only going to have 31 in the 2023 draft as the Dolphins are docked a first-round pick. Look, the, the sanctions that came down, you look at the money, you're like, whoa, $1.5 million to Stephen Ross. That's a drop in the bucket. Like, he will yeah. not feel that. Bruce Beal, the minority owner, 500000 
But that first-round pick is huge. Remember, the Dolphins are going into a very interesting season with Tua, and they had two first-round picks, their own and the San Francisco 49ers from the Trey Lance trade. Well, now they have to give that up, and you look at all the pressure on Tua going into this season. I think there's even added pressure now because there was always this back-of-pocket thing, well, yeah, but the Dolphins do have two first-round yeah, picks yeah, next year. So mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, they can package it. Yeah. They still got this great roster. Now they just have the Niners pick, and there are four other teams, Houston, Seattle, Detroit, and Philadelphia, that do have two first-round picks and can package and maneuver. And this 2023 NFL draft is supposed to be a great quarterback crop. So I think the sanctions... Though financially you might say, wow, it's not the finances. It's the first round pick that they Mm -hmm. lose, which I think is huge and will affect the Dolphins this season as well. All right, Zach Wilson is looking to make a big jump in year two. But with any young quarterback in the league comes their doubters. So here's what he had to say about those critics yesterday. Who's scrutinizing? I mean, I'm sorry. I don't read any of your guys' stuff, so. It's only Flacco that's scrutinizing me. In our ping pong ping pong tournaments we got going on outside of this. So is that part of the thing? You just block out the noise? Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big social media guy. I don't I don't have access to that kind of stuff. So I just I keep my my mind here with the guys and in the playbook and and with our coaches and learn from what those guys are telling me. There's something about that that I love. All right, yeah. right now it's time for whiteboard ones. All right. All right. So um, no social media, no distractions for Zach Wilson, which is but more than I can say about my life. Um, so guys, <laughs> okay. let's let's write it down. Which player do we believe will prove the critics wrong in 2000? 22. You go back to free agency and they think about all the big signings that were made and all the players changing teams. There was one that seemed to just draw the ire of everyone following the NFL and it was Christian Kirk signing oh, yeah. for four years, 72 million with the Jaguars. People were bugged out by this. They big mad, Peter. They, they were not happy. As if, as if like it was their own money and it wasn't Shad Khan's. It was, what are you doing? It totally changed the wide receiver market. I think it led to some of the big deals you saw for Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill saying, gosh, if Christian Kirk's making that, I guess we... This is the market value. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Christian Kirk's really good. I've spoken to Cliff Kingsbury a bunch over the past few years, and Kirk is a great player, a great person. Cardinals couldn't pay him. They couldn't keep him. And the Jaguars obviously were the suitors. I think Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk are going to be a dynamic duo this season. And I'll say it right now in August, just like Jason McCourty did. Clip it off. Christian Kirk is going to have a big season and prove a lot of doubters wrong. That was a great I like that. I like that. You talked about big signings. No bigger signing than our guy, Kyler Murray. Easy Money Murray. Easy Money (laughs) Murray. We've talked about him. Everybody He's talked about him. He's dealing with COVID right now. He's at home. He's watching us on Good Morning Football talk about his high school record and all these other things. And he's probably dialed up a game of Call of Duty or two while he's not allowed a little hiatus from training camp, but this guy has to be motivated. So many people talking about him. I said on this show, this was a guy that's gone to two Pro Bowls in three years. Mm -hmm. He's been Mm -hmm. extremely good, and I think this would be the kick in the butt he needs to kind of turn that leaf over and get kind of further in those playoffs. You got his back, man. I got it. You got his back. You do. I'm going to go roll tide here with one, two. We've already been knocking him. We've already been hating on him, but it's not even his fault this one. He's going to be affected adversely by this uh, NFL punishment on the Dolphins, and that's not on him, but he can do it. Tua, you got this man. You're healthy. You've got wide receivers that are faster than Maserati's at this point. You know, be you, Tua. I know you can. Just prove everybody wrong, and it's like, roll tide, man. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a ride on the wild side. Uh-oh. Oh no. I think I phrased it right. Screw it. I'm gonna say Drew Lock. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Prayers up, but Drew Lock. There's Prayers so up. much negativity and criticism for one person. I have no choice but to go the other way. Yeah. 
And can you guys envision this? The, all this Russell Wilson, Seahawks versus Broncos week one. Yeah. And we talk in the next day. Guess what? Drew Locke won the game for Seattle. And he threw the winning touchdown pass to DK Metcalf. And they beat Denver. Seems like an awesome guy who didn't have a really good time in Denver. And a lot of other guys did it. When that many people are coming for you and everybody's making their Twitter jokes, I go the other way. Nice. So screw it. Drew Locke. You can save that clip, too. Peter's over here saying, Trevor Lawrence, and, and I think Chris Kirk could be a great combination. That was so August, it hurt. I can't wait for that. Clip it off. I can't wait. All right, after the Deshaun Watson news broke earlier this week, the Browns will move forward with their plans to start Jacoby Brissett week mm -hmm. one. So here's what he had to say about that yesterday. I mean, we have a plan in place, and we believe in the plan, and we're going about the plan the right way, and that'll come when it comes. Since I've been in this league, it's been the next man up, and that was the case my rookie year. And, uh, and it's like you said, it's been that way since... I've been in the league, so that experience obviously helps with not only the play-in, but also like the mindset of understanding, like, hey, like you got to be ready whenever your number's called. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity, you know, to go out there and work hard, go to practice, and get better and learn and, and be ready whenever the time comes. All right, so Jacoby Brissett has been down this road before. He's an absolute pro. He's proven himself to be one of the best backups in the league. So who do you think is one of the best backups in the NFL at any position? Yeah, I love my guy Jacoby. Consummate pro. I'm going yep. with another pro. I'm going with Chase Daniel. Mm. Yes, 12 years, five starts, eight touchdowns. If I'm going to be a backup, I want to be a backup. No next man up for <laughs> no. me over here. Chase Daniels <laughs> made take. $40 million, backup, five touchdowns, Amazing. eight touchdowns, five stars. That's the life I'm trying to live. The backup quarterback, get behind one of these really good quarterbacks yeah. who doesn't get injured. I'm just chilling, clipboard in my hand, pencil in the ear. Hey, grab the surface on the sideline. Yeah. What do you need to know? It, it, yeah. It's like behind Herbert. Like, you're not going to play. Like, that's great. It's yeah. a great spot. Yep. That's it. He's, He's pulling great. up his Wells Fargo account on that surface, too. Totally. Oh, yeah. incredible. Absolutely. It's What's the next us? purchase? Yeah. What if I told you there was a quarterback in the league who's a backup? 27 career games, has 41 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and he can't see the field. Minshew mania! Let's go! Yep. Let's go. Minshew yep. mania! Give me Gardner Minshew. 41 career touchdowns, mm. 12 career interceptions, and that's that's not even counting like the cult of personality he brings to your team, and <laughs> what a fun personality he has. This guy was a sixth-round pick out of Washington State, played for Mike Leach. A complete wild card with what he's going to say and how he's going to dress, and yet... When he gets on the field, 41 touchdowns, 12. No team is calling Gardner Minshew and calling the Eagles for him. I mean, they traded for him from Jacksonville. He is currently Jalen Hurts' backup, but I think if Hurts has a few starts that don't go according to plan, I imagine WIP is going to be uh, lining up looking for Minshew. I go with Minshew on this one. From what I hear, if there's an incompletion in seven on seven today, that Jalen Hurts <laughs> is going to be hearing that. Like, they're out. They're out. They're hard already. Coming up. Russell Wilson's already down one weapon, Peter. We had an injury yesterday at Broncos. We don't to see that. However, is he still going to flip the table? Are the Broncos just going to say, we're going to win this division? Or do they come in last? Do they make the playoffs? Do they win the Super Bowl? A lot of intriguing questions about the Broncos, Peter. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I'm getting one of them Guardian caps. I want to wear those around. You like those things? City. Yeah, I'm wearing one. Wear that and only that. <laughs>
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. We do have unfortunate news coming out of Broncos training camp, though, yesterday. Standout wide receiver Tim Patrick, which is a key piece in that young Denver receiving core, he tore his ACL in training camp yesterday. He's out for the season, according to our own NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, which is a massive blow for Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense, looking to make some waves in not only a stacked division, but an absolutely loaded AFC. The last two seasons, we've seen Tom Brady head down to Tampa, win a ring. Then we see Matthew Stafford go to L.A., get all Hollywood, and he did the same. So can Russell Wilson have that same kind of success in year one in Denver? Yeah, you know, I, I look at this question, Jamie, and it's, it seems almost too reactionary to say, like, Tim Patrick. No, they can't. they lost Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick was a really good receiver for them. Yeah. And this is just kind of a sign of what's going to happen during the course of an NFL season. And Tim Patrick has had over 1,000 yards and over 100 catches the last two seasons combined. He was the standout of camp so far. But this could just be like, all right, now it's one piece of adversity. And I'm not so certain that Russell Wilson wouldn't be able to handle this. You saw the receivers. He's got Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, and they'll be okay. But what about a first-year coach mm-hmm. and a new offensive coordinator and also a new defensive coordinator who was the safeties coach with the Rams last year? Like, there's a lot of new. So I look at Hackett, and it's not so much Russell Wilson. It's, okay, it's all of us being new, and there's going to be adversity, and how do we hand this? Hackett was building an offense and had Russell Wilson at the helm, but you better believe Tim Patrick was a big piece of it. I think it's a little harder for this guy than for these fully baked rosters. Like, Tampa Bay was just a quarterback away. They had all this young. Mm. Then you look at, obviously, what the Rams had last year. They were built to win. They just need to upgrade a quarterback. I'm not so certain that this team can handle adversity and setbacks like a Tim Patrick loss. Just from the roster itself, they don't have superstars all over the roster. And Tim Patrick was a budding one. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. And I agree with you. And I think the Tim Patrick injury, you hate to see it because we haven't seen all these receivers together with a quarterback like Russell. Cortland Sutton was hurt before when KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy got there, and then Tim Patrick kind of took off. So I think we were all excited to see all of them together. But I agree. New head coach. And when you think about it, do you guys know how many rookie head coaches have ever won a Super Bowl? Tell me. Two of them. Mm. That's it. Two of them. Uh-huh. This was years ago. Well, and they're probably taking over for great regimes, right? Took over for great Who regimes. Who was it? Seifert, uh, Seifert, Seifert and uh, Flores, McCaff- McCaffrey. And uh, one took over for Shula. Okay. So it's, it's so, a long time ago, too. Yes. Yeah. And the other one was for Walsh. Yeah. So it's just like you talk about coming from wow. organizations and teams that were already great, that were already on that kind of trajectory. So to me, to, Russell Wilson is going to be a great addition. The Denver Broncos are going to be a much improved football team, especially on the offensive side, catching up to that defensive side. But I think it's a tall task to say, hey, and Nathaniel's hack his first year, he's going to take them to the Super Bowl. When you talk about Stafford, when you talk about about Brady and the Bucks, Bruce Arians, Sean McVay, they were already there. Systems were already in place. Mm, and like you point. said, they were just a quarterback away from being able to get there. I don't see that happening for the Denver Broncos this year.
It's a fun trend. It's been fun to watch the last couple of guys do it, and it's natural to say, can they keep going on? And then you watch these images from Broncos camp, and it's just this almost like religious experience. And it's like Russell Wilson's coming in in that Pope mobile and yeah. waving to people. Like, they're really excited, and he is really good. So is the division. Brady and Stafford didn't walk into this AFC West. This is the one, guys. And we can hype them all we want. We can say, ah, oh, he'll develop chemistry with these wideouts. And we really like what Hackett has going on. And I hope that's all true. When the rubber meets the road, one team in this division is not going to make the playoffs. Maybe two, maybe three, but at least one. And I think it's time to revisit an exercise we did about six weeks ago. One of those teams will not be in the playoffs. It's very, very difficult, but I'm going to touch the one I think. Kansas City, they're Kansas City. I get it. The Raiders were in there last year, and they added some really good players. The Chargers are crazy talent. They're still the Chargers, but I still touch this one. Even adding Russell Wilson and even adding Hackett, who people seem to love, we would love that all four of these teams make it. They can't. We can hype this division all day long and all offseason long. One of these teams is going to have a bitterly disappointing season, and they're going to be 6-11. and If you have to pick one, I'm picking Denver. Yeah, but it's not like the uh, there's a new coach in the Raiders with the Raiders as well. So it's not like everyone is this established True. system. I'm gonna say sure you can. You can do it. A little positivity. Yeah, yeah because right. and here's why. Here's why. And speaking to a divisional record for those teams sure. that won the Super Bowl in the last years when Brady and Stafford arrived with their teams, the 2021 Rams went three and three in their division before they won the Super Bowl. The 2020 Buccaneers were four and two, and those last two wins came against Atlanta in weeks 15 and 17, an okay. Atlanta team that was not very good that season. So if you win important games at the right times to gel at the right time, the 2021 Rams were not some explosive team in week five. They figured it out at the right time, and I feel like that. That's the beauty of football is that we always freak out early and uh-huh. then a team figures oh, yeah. it out and then we're talking sure. about them in February. So you can do it. There is time. And we will freak out if the Broncos yeah. lose to Seattle in the opener. Like, we will. Totally. I mean, that, and that'll be us. Especially if it's at the hands of Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke and it's in <laughs> Seattle. Like, they're, they're, we can't wait to have opinions on these four teams. You're looking for success that just hasn't happened mm-hmm. yet. And mm-hmm. that's my issue when we talk about the Broncos. That Tampa Bay team, you remember Jameis Winston put up career numbers that year through the ball. passes. All over the field. The issue was he had about 30 interceptions yeah. as well. So you bring Brady in. The Rams were in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. They weren't that far removed, and they had a guy by the name of Aaron Donald. Uh. So those were teams that I felt like were built right now to win, and they were able to plug the missing piece in there. Yes, Denver's a good football team. Russell Wilson, a missing piece. Yeah. But I don't know. So Technically, though, I'm going to correct you here, and I might be wrong, and the yeah. producers get my ear. With the new playoff format, with seven teams, you have four division winners and three wild cards. Can they all make the playoffs? Is that possible? Wow. All three wild cards? For, could yeah, that be? would have to be wild. It'd be it nuts. I mean, wild. you'd have to like basically beat everyone outside the division. Everyone, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it is possible, and who knows? This might be the year. Peter, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, okay, so as Good. we have mentioned time and time again, we're all mm. over the country at training camps all day long right here on NFL Network. So let's head down to Houston and check in with our own James Palmer and NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. They're at Texas training camp. They're in red. They look like they could just <laughs> jump out there. It's a great yeah. thing. Guys, Davis yeah. Mills told us yesterday that they don't do anything inside. They're just outside in the blazing heat the entire 
dire day. But Davis Mills, how's yeah. he been looking out on the field down there in Houston? I was able to watch practice yesterday, and he really was actually lights out. There is a lot of excitement about Davis Mills, and there should be. I mean, of all the rookies last year, he led all of them in completion percentage. You look at the last 10 games, Ian, he finished the season extremely strong, and that's why they're very excited about this training camp. They ran a two-minute end-of-game drill towards the end of practice, and he was completion, completion, completion down there into field goal range with about 15 seconds left. And I talked to their star linebacker, Christian Kirksey, about it, and he just said, listen, man, he is the unquestioned leader of our team. There is no dispute, no thought of another quarterback coming in down here. They have liked what Davis Mills has brought to this group, a calming presence. He's not the most vocal of guy, but the comparison I hear, Ian, is kind of like Eli Manning in a sense, just very calm and in control at all times. That's what they like about Davis Mills. Yeah, and this has been a fascinating situation to watch. Obviously, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson, and, and this offseason, there were several big-time, big-name quarterbacks who became available, and the Texans just watched and let them go. And they believe in Davis Mills. They like the development. No one here is saying this is definitely the guy, this is definitely a franchise guy, but there are signs that this might end up being okay, that they may end up having their quarterback. And if that is true, James, it is a true cheat code for roster building and becoming the kind of championship team you want to be. He is a mid-round pick, didn't take a ton to get him, and now they still have so many picks from the Deshaun Watson trade, they can load up around him if he ends up being the guy Similar to what Seattle did with Russell Wilson, if this plays out for them, could be incredible. And you just mentioned his name and the trade. We all know the big news uh, came earlier this week with the Deshaun Watson suspension. What's the latest there and what's the timeline looking like moving forward? The league has until Thursday to make a decision on whether or not to appeal the Deshaun Watson ruling. And there's so much that goes into whether or not they're going to ask for a longer suspension, more than the six games. And remember, the league wanted initially a full year and indefinite suspension, did not get it, ended up being six games for the various reasons that Sue L. Robinson detailed in her 16-page brief. But among the things, guys, that the league will have to weigh is do they want the Deshaun Watson situation kind of going, lording over the entire season? It's going to be a topic we're going to be talking about. If Deshaun, if the league appeals, Deshaun Watson, no doubt going to take him to court. It is going to be months and months for it to play out. No doubt the NFLPA is going to go after some of the owners and the punishment or lack thereof that they've had for their own transgressions. Is that something the league wants as well? Yes, they want a longer punishment, a longer suspension for Watson, but is it worth all those other factors? They have 24 hours really from now to figure out what they are going to do. Ian, we got the Watson news on Monday, and then yesterday there was busy uh, stuff around the league as well, and it was involving the Miami Dolphins. Tell us the latest on the findings and also the discipline that was handed down by the league and what you're hearing over there. We've been talking so much about the Dolphins and the tanking and the allegations from Brian Flores and how true were they? What did Stephen Ross say? And what we learned in the report yesterday was basically everything that Brian Flores alleged was true. Stephen Ross did talk about incentivizing losing. He did talk about making sure that the draft pick was more important than the product on the field at the time. Really, nobody listened. They kept playing hard. They kept trying to win, and the league did not find that that was a punishable offense. He didn't get exonerated, but the league did not find it was a punishable offense. Instead, what we learned was the league came down extremely hard on the Dolphins with maybe the most obvious tampering that we have seen in maybe forever. Secret private meetings with Tom Brady while he was still under contract with the Bucs. Secret private meetings with Sean Payton while he was still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. Really not acceptable uh, is essentially what Roger Goodell said. And, you know, the hope is to come down hard enough on them that 
it will prevent other teams from wanting to tamper in this, you know, really most outward, obvious way. I just can't imagine any team doing it like this. So I assume the message was sent. All right, we're going to talk about the Niners <laughs> Thanks, again Jason. because we can't not talk about the 49ers cool. still to come on GMFB. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. head out to the West Coast where Debo Samuel got his new deal inked this week. He spoke yesterday to the media about how his extension finally got done and some of the rumors that have been circulating this offseason about the nature of that contract. At the end of the day, this is a business. So um, what changed was the communication. The more we communicated, the more we started to figure things out. One of the narratives this offseason was that you were upset with how you were going to be used. Oh, that is false. I mean, there was a lot of things that came out that I want to speak on, but at the end of the day, I wasn't allowed to. So, um, I mean, you can turn on the tape, uh, go back to the Cowboys game. It kind of shows what kind of player I am. I and mean, also, I mean, you can go turn on the Pro Bowl tape and like what I said about being a wideback, I don't mind doing whatever it takes for this team to win. Were a lot of teammates in your ear? Oh, yeah. Trey, of course. He was definitely calling here and there. I was like, yo, Debo, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good, bro. And he was like, what's, what's going on? I was like, bro, we'll figure it out. Whenever we figure it out, we'll be back to work. They've got Debo locked in. Trey Lance has been named the starter. A lot of changes, but it seems like a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. So um, what needs to happen for the 49ers to get back to the NFC Championship game this season? Well, this time of year, I always talk about players or coaches that are pivotal. That's mm. the word I always use. We, we know who the good players are. We yeah. know who the players who maybe aren't that good. There's those players that we don't know. We're going to find out. Yeah. So I look at the top of that list. It's Tua, obviously. I think Mitch Trubisky with Pittsburgh. Alan Lazard with the Packers. Uh, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. But number one on the list of pivotal players about oh man which way is this going to go is Trey Lance and I think it has to go a certain way for the 49ers here's the good news I don't think Trey Lance has to be great this year I really don't I think Trey Lance has to be pretty good maybe very good I think Trey Lance has to have a 20 touchdown 10 interception season and the Niners can get to the Super Bowl because they're that loaded the thing is too you look at this passing of the torch last year allegedly that the Rams finally got him they got over I don't know about that I still think they have business the Rams did finally beat him but now there's not going to be just this sea change where Kyle Shannon's going to lay down under McVay every single year. A lot of things had to go wrong for the Niners in that game to lose. No discredit to the Rams. They won, but I still think there's business here. If Trey Lance, who Kyle Shannon looked at and said, you're the guy, Jimmy be damned, I am tossing you the keys with great players in their primes who we're not going to be able to hold on to all of them. If Kyle Shannon feels that strongly, then he better be really, really good. But again, I don't think, Peter, he has to be Patrick Mahomes in his second year. I don't think he has to be close. They're that loaded and the coach is so good that if Trey Lance is like, yeah, he had a pretty good second season, they can get to the Super Bowl. The Niners are that loaded. And that offense is all about the run game and uh. it's all about defense. The question is, can Lance take it a different direction where all of a sudden they're multiple and you're like, wait, oh, they have that aspect of mm-hmm. this? Kyle Shanahan, since he's been with the Niners, he's had Garoppolo, he's had Brian Hoyer, he's had Nick Mullins. He's never had that type of athlete at quarterback. That's the hope that he takes them there and above and beyond. But it's not going to happen right away. Like, what needs to happen? They need to just stay afloat those first few weeks. Look at the first six weeks of the season here. Because I do believe once it gets comfortable, Lance going to be okay. 
They can win these games. They can go right now, they, even with Trey Lance. The Rams, you can say, well, they're defending Super Bowl champs. That's mm -hmm. a home game where San Francisco rarely loses to, to the Rams, certainly with McVay and Shanahan. Shanahan has had his number. I don't think it's crazy that the Niners go 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh to start the season, and that's before Trey Lance even gets really comfortable. Mm -hmm. For them to get back, they need to take advantage of that first six-game slate of teams with losing records and a Rams team that they've had their number. It was a really tumultuous offseason with the Garoppolo and with the Debo stuff, but when all is said and done, we know who the starting quarterback is. Debo's back. Bosa's going to get his. Mm -hmm. And you still have Eric Armstead and Fred Warner and Trent Williams. Like, they're a really good team. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's a huge drop-off from Jimmy, but I would say give them six weeks to get Trey Lance up to speed. And if they win those games, well, then it's house money and it's anybody's ballgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And I love the fact that you guys talked about Trey Lance taking over, the stuff that went on with Debo all offseason. And you mix that all together with, when you have a good coach and you have a team that has a lot of success, coaches leave to go on to bigger roles. I'm going to put up a full screen right here of the coaching departures that they've had this past mm. season. They have a lot of adjusting to do, and sometimes you can take for granted because, yes, Kyle Shanahan is still here, but there's the behind-the-scenes aspect. When you're developing a game plan week in and week out, everybody has a role, and you see right here, they have to replace a lot. And the one thing I saw that we watched kind of throughout the league, the New England Patriots have been widely successful mm -hmm. and the Bill Belichick coaches have all left. And the toughest thing for Bill Belichick is beating those coaches that sat under your wing for so many years in 2018, going down to Detroit to play a Matt Patricia-led Lions. Yep. Beat up on the New England Patriots since Flo's been in Miami. The tank for two a season... Late in New England, they beat those guys, and New England doesn't have a chance to get a first-round bye week in the playoffs. Right. And then they beat New England twice last year under Flores. So that's going to be the challenge of losing all of those coaches, building that continuity within a staff that now it trickles down onto the players to get that success on the field. Let me ask you, Brian Greasy has never coached in the NFL. Never coached. Now he's your quarterback's coach. He is the number two person in that room for yes. Trey Lance. Good thing, bad thing as a player. What do you say about that? That's a tough thing because I feel like there's so much that happens within a game. And, yes, player and all. But now from the coach's side, having that headset on, communicating back and forth, that's one of the biggest things to me because during the course of a game, there's so many heated moments that when you're on that headset, coaches can't lose it. You have to have that experience of this is a guy that you've been in it with. So you know how to talk to one another because egos will – come up mm -hmm. on that sideline. You see it when you watch different guys in heated debates. That happens amongst the coaches, too. Mm -hmm. You just can't hear it because they're cursing each other out on the headsets. <laughs> <laughs> we, I feel like, cannot talk physically anymore about the quarterback situation and the wide receiver situation in San Francisco. <laughs> we understand it's happening. It's a problem that needs to be fixed, and it's a there is a solution there. We'll just Time will tell if it succeeds. The 49ers secondary is where I feel like if you step up, it completes a defense that already has Nick Bosa up front. This secondary is the one that had issues, especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter of that NFC Championship game. A dropped interception, it allows the Rams to get the ball back, take the lead, and it eliminates the 49ers from going on to the Super Bowl. That was just last year. They've had guys depart, they have players coming back that are healthy, but if you have a healthy secondary with the firepower offensively that's within your division, you have to be able to shore some things up. I'm fairly certain that when the 49ers play the Cardinals this year, both times they will be without DeAndre Hopkins. So if they can take advantage of that, of a Cardinals team without Hopkins, it could be the difference. They maker. lost their slot defender. We their talked slot about slot defender. defenders. Yes, Kwan Williams is no right. longer there as well. So yep, good player. Exactly. Peter, you're like a house expert on McVeigh and Shanny and Kyle, like or and Cliff rather. 
What's the state of that dynamic? So much tumult for the 49ers this offseason with all the contracts. I've been like, like I said, at the end of the day, they've got their quarterback who they've wanted all along in their center. Mm -hmm. Debo's out there. They're all going to be out there. And that game against the Rams, I, I don't think that's a sure thing for L.A. to just come right in as defending mm -hmm. champions. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We're going to head down 95 from us and check in with the most famous person in my phone, Let's NFL go. Network insider Mike Garofolo, yeah. who's in Ashburn, Virginia, with the Commanders. Mike, what have you been hearing about how Carson Wentz and the Commanders have been doing so far at training camp? Out here today, looking forward to seeing this Washington Commanders offense. and Looking forward to seeing Carson Wentz for the first time since I was covering him back in Philadelphia. He may have had a pit stop in between. You may have heard about it. But the big key for Carson Wentz is how much can he now get acclimated to a new offense. Remember, it was Frank Reich's system. It was Doug Peterson's system. It's been all the same for him. So this is a new scheme. So some of these hiccups that you're seeing, some of these interceptions, they're not as panicked about here or haven't been. Uh, over the last month, uh, couple of weeks and, and really months going back to the spring because they know he's still getting acclimated uh, to something that's completely new to him. And the other thing was they hadn't put on the pads yet. So finally they threw on the pads yesterday. And wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden the offense is starting to show out and Wentz is starting to show out a little bit. That's because, just talked to Ron Rivera on his way on the field real quickly here, and he said, yeah, we, we got offensive lines and pads. They can finally hit back. We're finally playing what's known as American football. So the offense showed out, but I did talk to one offensive player who said, yeah, expect that defense now to be fired up because we got them pretty good in practice yesterday. So that's what I'll be watching. And as far as the defense goes, I talked about this earlier this week on the show. I said my breakout player in his second year, Jamin Davis. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing because uh, everything I'm hearing is that he's moving much faster than the former first-round pick when his first year, you know, was thinking, overthinking a little bit too much in the field. Didn't play as fast as he's capable of playing. Ron Rivera talking about him yesterday to the media, gushing about him and how he's more comfortable seeing all the run fits. And being more comfortable up here allows you to play much faster with your feet down there. So he's what I'll be watching on the defensive side of the ball today. All right, training camp, it's here. And the NFL Network has all the reps that you need with live reports from every camp. Interviews with the game's biggest stars. It is time to go to work. Uh, inside training camp live, everyone is everywhere. It's so cool to see. It's such a team effort right here after GMFB on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.